Hello and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Be Uncluttered. I'm Tara Tuttle and with me is Rebecca Mazzino and together we are going to help you on your journey to a life free of clutter. Hi and welcome to this week's episode. This week we are talking about kitchen appliances. Now we've had a bit of a chat about this before when we've talked about the kitchen but we thought it probably could do with its own episode because it's just one of those areas where it's quite common to accumulate excess amounts and they're rather large things and take up a lot of space. So we thought maybe we'll just have a little chat about them in their very own episode and uh, maybe we can help you find a little bit of space in your kitchen or at least think about them a little bit differently. Yeah, so I started looking into home appliances and found it quite difficult to find any statistics. I could find lots of stuff on how much the average household spends on kitchen appliances, just not how many they own. And then I stumbled across a poll in some cooking Facebook group (laughs) somewhere in the depths of something. Um, And there were thousands of people had been part of this poll and uh, 75% of the people that were polled owned more than 10 small kitchen appliances. And I thought that sounded Mm -hmm. like quite a bit. And by small, I guess we're not, this episode is, we're not talking about your dishwasher or your fridge or your Mm. cooktop or oven or any of those big things. Even the microwave, yeah. Well, no, I want to talk about the microwave. Oh, okay. Mm, Yeah. yeah, You can do that. Mm -hmm. It's That's like the the midway point. But I think, I guess we're Mm. more referring to toasters, coffee machines, food processors, and then all those gadgety ones like grinders and smoothie makers and waffle Mm. makers and all the... Waffle makers and popcorn machines and... Blendery things, yeah. (laughs) So what about the ones that don't plug in? Are we talking about ones that don't plug in? Ooh. Like your slicer dicer plus and your spiral make, makey thingy? We're going to leave those for now. Ooh. They're more like utensils, aren't they? Yeah. I think yeah. we might we might have to do an episode on utensils at some point and just that drawer mm. or the, the yeah. utensil holder that starts to breed extra utensils. Yep. So kitchen gadgets will no, keep out of this. Things this that plug in. Yeah, yep. that's it. So, Beck, tell me, why do we own so many of mm. <laughs> these stupid appliances? Well, I don't think we have 10 hours, do we? There's actually lots of reasons why, and they're all really quite valid. And first of all, though, the, probably one of the major ones is that we're made to believe that it will make our cooking or our life better or in some way, I expect. So uh, marketing... Uh, our habits, our habits make us think that something is essential because that's the way we've always done something. Mm. Um, fads, I guess. Yeah, and like. advertisers are clever. They tell us that we need these and then mm. we we believe that as if it's fact. Like good coffee and most coffee drinkers believe they need a good coffee machine or several appliances Mm. related to coffee especially australians australians are like the worst coffee snobs Mm. (laughs) it's like they're like no i refuse to have substandard coffee Mm -hmm. and so um, the machines are the only things that that do it well but it, it doesn't even stop with the coffee machine it's then they need 
the grinder so that they can buy their beans mm. and then grind their beans fresh because heaven forbid you <laughs> put pre-ground beans that are a day old in your coffee machine. I'm now probably offending the majority of our listeners and I'm really sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm an, like we we both, both don't really drink coffee, so um, I think they could expect that from us. <laughs> a little bit of mocking <laughs> the coffee lovers. Yeah, um, yeah, gird your loins, coffee lovers, because you know we will we will mock you a little bit. It's all in good fun. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we we tend to believe that they are essential and that we need them to make the best of whatever that thing is that we're trying to mm-hmm. make. Mm. And I sort of, like I sort of mentioned fads and there are trends that, that, that happen in, you know, it's not, they're not really in and out fast, these trends, but things do come in and out and it's usually largely to do with them being on those shopping network, <laughs> those shop at TV shopping mm-hmm. networks where you see these sort of weird and wonderful things and then they disappear and something else comes along. Um, so sometimes we, we get told we need something because it's, it's new and fantastic and everybody else is doing it. But then there's also other trends. So there might be trends in dieting like juice fasting you know that was a huge trend I don't know if it still is but that was a big thing for a while and then all everyone was buying juices and so that sort of became a thing and um, so as those fads go through we end up also buying the things that go along with that that phase we're going through Mm, I remember I bought a juicer I was part of that craziness Mm, and then I think I did too and then they told us that it's not good to be having the juice without the fibre, so you needed mm. to buy the bullet blender thing so that you could make a smoothie but still had the fibre. So get rid of the juicer and buy your next <laughs> gadget. The problem is most thing. of us don't declutter the juicer. We just add mm-hmm. the extra thing. So you've just touched on a huge thing is that's why we have so many because quite often we will buy without things leaving. Mm. We'll buy something that does either most of the same job as something else or completely the same job and then more of something else, but we keep the something else just in case. I mean, I've had clients who have had three or four sandwich makers. They all kind of do the same thing, but one of them was like, well, this one this one is for when we want a smooth one and this one's the only one that does baked beans in the, in the jaffle and this is the only one that you know, the cheese doesn't stick to. <laughs> so they're like, they've got all the different um, sandwich makers and they've kept all of them because they're just a little bit different from the one next to it. So mm. that happens too. And they can also be cheap. And I'll, I'm sure I'll go back yeah. on this point later on and say something about expense. But some of the um, the less substantial, so here we're not talking coffee machines, but things like popcorn makers or pancake mm. fryers or waffle makers or whatever they can you can get them for thirty dollars or less you know mm. twenty dollars mm. so um i think it's an easy impulse buy too it's not like you accumulate two fridges on a whim because they're big mm. and they're expensive but to add an extra little appliance it's no biggie Mm. I was talking to a client recently who upgraded her Thermomix and she wasn't she wanted the new Thermomix but she wasn't going to keep the old one and I think that was because of the expense mm-hmm. you know because they they're expensive she sold the old one got some of the money back and upgraded and but when it's something that's only $30 that's yeah sort of like you know well I don't really care about the other one I'll just you know buy a new one and the money doesn't matter so much so you don't really think about 
getting rid of the old one. The other reason I can think of is sometimes we get appliances as gifts and I can, mm. I'm thinking more of kids here or I remember even as a teenager getting random, like a, I remember getting a donut maker something <laughs> like that at one point. I think we've given a kid a popcorn maker who was obsessed with like the movie popcorn, didn't like the home stuff. But, you know, and mm. so that's the thing. They could they could be gifted to you as well. So that might be another reason yeah. that you might accumulate without maybe intention. And then that leads us to finding them hard to let go of too because something that's gifted to you, sometimes you get a little bit of guilt if you get rid of it, even if you don't really use it. Yeah, that's, I think there's lots of reasons why appliances are hard to let go. And for me, the first one that springs to mind is the fact that a lot of charities won't accept them. So one of the reasons that I find it really hard to let go of something that a charity won't accept is because I feel guilt if I just send it to the tip. And I think if I've mm. bought something and usually it's something I haven't thought through and if I'm going to let it go, it alleviates my guilt somewhat if I feel like it's going to a charity and someone else will get to use it. But a lot mm. of charities, certainly in Australia, won't accept electrical clients. So that is one thing that would stop me from giving it away as easily, I think, is that I wouldn't know what else to do with it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I guess that if you can find, I mean, there are ways to get rid of appliances that the charities won't take. Um, and probably the first one, well, the most, the easiest one would be Marketplace or the, the Buy Nothing sites. Um, those are really good ways of giving away appliances that are still in decent working order if they're not working then you can there are recycling things uh, things there are recycling places to take them and so that's sort of a bit different but yeah if they're working just yeah give them away stick them up on marketplace uh, if the charity won't take them there'll be somebody who will be grateful for them still absolutely and then it will get you past that feeling of wastefulness for throwing mm. out especially if it's something that's working um mm. Some, so before I talked about some of them being really cheap, on the flip side of that, some of them can be expensive. And so that might be a reason that we find them hard to let go. And so I'm thinking more some of the bigger, more involved appliances. You mentioned um, a Thermomix, maybe some of those like the big stand mixes or more involved coffee machines. And sometimes, even though they don't get used a lot, if we've invested a lot financially, that can be a pretty significant barrier to us letting them go because we feel like we won't mm. be able to recoup that money yeah even if we don't use it mm. I think we think it's worse to it's worse to not use it and keep it than not use it and lose it mm. <laughs> maybe another reason that we sometimes might find things hard to let go is because we've if we've become used to doing something, cooking something, making something with our gadget or our appliance and we let it go because we don't use it frequently, we have to revert to older and slower ways of doing things. And for some of us, that might involve learning a new skill. So even things like, so you know, a popcorn maker, I keep coming back to that, I think, because they're, you know, so cheap and disposable and has a single use. Anyway, popcorn maker, if you have 
popcorn infrequently, but when you make it, you make it in your popcorn maker and you decide now to declutter that popcorn maker because you want extra space in your cupboard. You've got to learn how to make popcorn in a pot or a pan Mm. on your stove, which might just seem like a bit of a stretch, even if it's only a couple of times a year that you make popcorn at home. Um, It's just another thing that gets in the way of us easily being able to march that appliance out the door. Mm, Definitely. So I mentioned the toasty machines before, the the sandwich makers, and one of the things that we we can do is keep things because they have a particularly there's something particular about them that does what the other things don't do so we might keep duplicates of things because there is something unique about them that you don't want to give up and I experience this with clients and printers as well but so you might have like I said the toaster one of them's good for one thing and one of them's good for the other so you keep both and what we're doing is we are getting used to the convenience of having everything exactly the way that we want. And so letting go of one means that you have to compromise or you have to lower your standards. And for some people, that is a very difficult thing to do as well. So that makes letting go really hard because they kind of have to miss out on something in some way. Mm, yeah, I can relate to that. I've held on to, you know, two types of blenders because one only had like a big bowl and I felt like it never got the, never quite got to the sides, you know. Okay. So if I wanted something really fine, like I was blending almonds and wanted like an almond meal or something, it never quite got there. But it was perfect for anything big and that was that I wanted chunky and then I would keep a small blender, like a little pulsy one, that was useless for pretty much anything else but did almonds like a breeze. <laughs> and so I kept two and it's crazy. It's like, okay... Mm. I think eventually I got rid of the little one and I would just buy bags of almond meal <laughs> instead. But it was like, it was yeah, worth well, it for that. Yeah, but you see the obstacle. Yeah. 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 And it's been the same for me when I got my Thermomix. I kept my food processor. And everyone's like, oh, you're, when you get your Thermomix, you'll throw out all of these things. And no, I didn't. Like, I kept, we kept everything. <laughs> it was I w- and and this is me who really doesn't like having too much stuff. I kept everything that I still had when I bought my Thermomix, and slowly I did declutter. But Mick wouldn't part with his like bullet maker because he liked the fact that he could drink it in the same cup that he made it in. He didn't have to pour it in and then wash the big Thermomix bowl, which you know makes mm-hmm. sense. And I kept my food processor because it grated, and the Thermomix doesn't grate. And so I was like, well, I need my grater for when I make coleslaw. (laughs) So I did that one thing, one recipe. I kept an entire food processor. Now, I did also keep that food processor for a long time because it was a wedding present from dear friends. So that was another thing that made me hang on a little bit. There was some sentimentality there. But, yeah, I was like, I've got to keep it for the grating. And eventually I did let go of it. But it took me about two or three years to do that. But yeah, it's it's one of those things where we just we're like we we get stuck in a certain way of doing things and a certain we set these certain standards and we're quite inflexible on those and um, so they make us it makes us keep stuff that really we don't have room for. Mm. And it's funny because I never bought a Thermomix because I couldn't come to terms with the idea of parting with all this stuff I'd spent money on. <laughs> just like, do what I did and don't then. <laughs> 
Um, so I was, you know, someone's like, you'll be able to get rid of your stand mixer, you'll be able to get rid of this and that and this and that, and you bake all the time and cook all the time. You could be able to get rid of so much stuff. And I'm like, yes, but I've spent so much money on all that stuff that I can't, mm. I can't, can't see past it. I'm like, I can't buy another appliance because then that invalidates all the money I've spent on these mm. other ones. So <laughs> yeah. I have to wait until yep. everything in my kitchen dies and then I'll buy a Thermomix. <laughs> But the thing is, even the Thermomix, well, I was just about to say the Thermomix doesn't do everything, but my client just gave me a little rundown of her the newest one and it does more now than what my version does. And so it, I think it has a slow cooking function, which just made me go, ooh, mm-hmm. because my, like, my slow cooker is enormous and it takes up space. And I was thinking, ooh, so if I got the new Thermomix, I could get rid of my – and then I was like, no, Rebecca, you do not need the new <laughs> Thermomix. You can just keep what you've got. And maybe when you – and when my slow cooker dies, because I also want a pressure cooker, when my slow cooker dies, I'm going to get one of the multi ones that does slow and pressure. So then I can just have one instead of two. Well, that I've got all these plans, but it relies on it dying and I really have no idea how long it's going to take to die. <laughs> I was going to say that brings us perfectly to the next point, which is how do we reduce the number we own? And Mm. the first point is to try and own multi-use items rather than single purpose. So the Thermomix, Mm. like we said, um, does heaps of things. But also over here, I've got myself an Instant Pot, which is a rice cooker and a pressure cooker and a slow cooker and a steamer, can't say that word, steamer, and a (laughs) yogurt maker all in one. You know, like it does all of this stuff. Um, That's that's the thing I want next, yeah. Yeah, so I, when I go back to Australia and to my uh, appliances and get them all out of storage and I have a separate slow cooker to rice maker, I'm going to be like, I have all these pots in my cupboard where here I just, but again, it was because we moved here and we had nothing and I was like, I'm just going to buy one thing that does as much as it can. Um, Mm. But I think I'll do the same when I get home. I'll wait for one of them to die. And then when I have to replace one thing, I might do do a couple in all in one, get some space back. Mm. And the tricky bit of this, and you and I have both experienced this, and I'm sure everyone who's listening will as well, is, is that it is still hard to get rid of those old things, even when you own a multi-use. But it's... It's worth giving it a shot. And I must say that my food processor, when I did part with it, I haven't missed it. I find another way to grate. And I'm okay. I have to confess here. I did buy another appliance to do my grating, but it's like, it's about a third of the size of the food processor. So it's just like a little electric. It's almost like the spiralizer. I think it's very similar to your electric spiralizer. So it's just like a little small appliance Mm -hmm. and it just does grating only. And so I got that and I got rid of my food processor and I got rid of my other graters, which were the hand ones. So I've just got that one thing now. So I did buy a replacement, but because I cannot cope with chopped up coleslaw and sorry, Thermomix lovers, but Thermomix coleslaw is just doesn't cut it for me it ends up a mush <laughs> I overdo it and it's like no nah, I can't do it so it has to be a sliced coleslaw and because I make coleslaw like weekly in summer it's it's a necessi- necessity for me but if you can look at the way you're doing things and think oh, I'm going to have an experiment doing this just this way or just this new way and see how you survive you'll actually find that your new normal becomes normal quite quickly 
Absolutely. And I think you really need to look at the way you live and your family composition now because as it changes, you know, things that, um, you know, steamers, I used to have a standalone steamer when the kids were babies because I'd steam vegetables and then I'd puree them. And then once, Mm. you know, that phase doesn't last very long and once they're through that, um, I was like, what do I need a steamer for anymore? I don't, I'm not, I don't use that for us. I, you know, cook veggies in other ways because we prefer them, you know, other ways. Or I can steam them on the pot if I really need to mm. on the stove. So make sure you re-examine your family composition and what you're eating and what how you're living, I guess, and your tastes and preferences because that will change as well. And so, you know... You can revisit things. You There might have been a time when your kids were all about making ice cream or you were all about making ice cream from scratch and you got yourself an ice cream maker. But now a few years on, no one's really into that anymore. So do you really need to keep it? You know, it served its purpose in the time, but maybe, maybe it's no longer relevant. So I think you've hmm. got to take the time to dig, especially to the backs of the cupboards, where older appliances go to die and mm-hmm. yep. ask yourself if you still need them or use them. Yeah. I think the freak, you really need to look at the frequency of use of something. And if you're only using it two times a year, ask yourself, what else could I do instead? You know, if I was only making coleslaw once a year, there's no point in me buying that grater like, because I can just buy shredded carrot for that one time I make coleslaw. But because I do it weekly, I could, you know, justify that. So have a look and see how frequently you actually use that appliance and whether or not you can tolerate a an inferior substitute for that many times a year in the future without having that appliance clogging up your cupboards. Mm. Yeah, and you've got to ask yourself what is that space worth to you? So. Mm. You know, if you'd rather have the space and buy stuff already shredded or already pureed or buy your rice already cooked, you know, Mm. um, change your expectations about it and then you get to reclaim some of that space. The other thing that I really try to do now is embrace the simplicity and the slowness of cooking without all the appliances so spoken like a true lover of cooking (laughs) I have a different perspective that I'll offer in a minute (laughs) so I used to have a bread maker like huge clumsy cupboard hog of a machine Mm. which I used very occasionally I'm talking maybe half a dozen times a year and I was like there's no point now I make two to three loaves of bread a week and I do it all by hand. So I used to use my stand mixer to mix the dough because I didn't like the way my bread machine mixed the dough. (laughs) Again, duplicates. And then I'd put the dough in my bread machine to bake it. Now I have no stand mixer with no dough, dough hook and no bread maker and I use my hands and I use a like a Dutch oven, like a big... Um, cast iron crock pot to cook it in and I do that like yeah two or three times a week we probably go through a life and um and I love it and it's become like therapy for me and the kids get involved sometimes but it's I've just changed my expectation around bread 
and the how quick it will be. So now it's mm. and it's something I do while I'm talking to someone or I might be on the phone or I might be chatting to the kids or watching the news or something, but I just slow down. The other thing that I that comes to mind when I think of slowing down and enjoying the process is um, making risotto. And this is one of the reasons I didn't like the Thermomix because everyone's like, you can make a risotto without having to stand and stir it. (laughs) And I'm like, that's the beauty of a risotto. That's why I make risotto is because I go, I'm sorry, kids, if you need something, if you need help with your homework, you have to wait. I'm stirring the risotto. I'm stirring. I'm going to be here for at least half an hour stirring away and I'm going to have an audio book on or some tunes or just the peace and quiet, and I'm sorry, I'm offline. Mm. I'm unavailable, <laughs> out of office for half an hour while I stir the risotto, and I love it. Again, it's like therapy because you kind of get your expectations in the right place. So I think if you can embrace the simplicity and slowness of a few of the tasks, you might enjoy them and possibly realise that the appliance was taking away something from you. Now, Beck, yeah. you can counter that with your... <laughs> First, I'm going to agree with you. I have a one of my friends was talking about Thermix, and she said, "I I enjoy the process of cooking too much, and I think that getting a Thermix will take that from me." Mm-hmm. So she's very much like you. She said, "Why would I want something to knead my dough? I love kneading dough, you know." And I I used to hand knead our pizza dough, and now the Thermix does it for me, and I don't miss it at all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's where I'm different from you because. It would be, and I still, it still needs for the same amount of time. So I would need for 10 minutes by hand and I need it for eight minutes, eight to 10 minutes by hand. And it's about eight to nine minutes in the Thermomix that it needs. And I think that it doesn't actually save me any time, um, but it takes the same amount of time, but I can do something else at the same time as the Thermomix is needing if I want to, um, which is a danger. I, I, (laughs) told my client this the other day but my thermomix actually the other day two weeks ago or something I was kneading pizza dough in it and I got distracted and I wandered off and I was down in Zoe's room talking to her and we heard this almighty crash and I said what's that and I'd completely forgotten what I was doing and I walked down to the kitchen and Mick was lifting the thermomix up off the floor and had fallen off the bench (gasps) and I just went I almost went into shock I'm like almost hyperventilating I'm like no 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 oh my god oh my god it's like a, and I'm picking it up like oh my baby I'm so sorry I'm so sorry and I sort of picked it up and it broke like a chipped two little bits off it but it still works the scales still work it still attaches perfectly it still works so I like I really did um escape a disaster so there. was it just but, because um, the dough was expanding no, when, when it needs, it rocks a bit and so the uh. Thermomix can walk and the recommendation is never, ever, ever walk away from a Thermomix when it's either chopping something big or kneading something because it will walk off the bench. Uh. And I used to do this trick where I would put um, the uh, a spatula in front of it so that or, or the, the little cup that goes on the top in front of it so that that fell on the floor first. And if I hear that on the floor, I have to run to the Thermomix because I know it's about to fall off. But I didn't do it this time. I, I actually didn't plan to walk away I just got distracted because you know my brain and um yeah and so it just fell it just fell on the floor and it just oh I nearly died but it's actually survived I can't believe it but it actually survived that fall but it was a very very near disaster yeah so 
I, st- I still need with that, but now I do only needing <laughs> and I stand in the kitchen and whatever I'm doing, even if I'm sitting on my phone, I'm sitting, standing in front of the Thermomix with my back to it so that it hits my back instead of falling off the bench <laughs> because the last thing I want is for it to be falling off the bench. But yeah, so I I don't mind not not needing, but I totally get that it can take away that some of that experience. And and, you know, it's kind of like for you, it's a meditation, it's a mindfulness, it's a taking time for you kind of thing as well. So mm-hmm. uh, so that's a really good way of thinking about getting rid of things is what will this, by getting rid of this, what will I gain back for myself? You know, will I gain that quiet time, that slow time? Um, or will I simply gain maybe some creativity? So you get rid of, say you decide to get rid of your thermix because you only use it three times a year and it's only to make risotto, for example. You hate stirring risotto, so maybe you could be creative and you could um, design a recipe that is a an oven-baked risotto. So I've got an oven-baked risotto recipe, which is brilliant, and you don't have to stir it and it just cooks and then you give it about a five-minute stir at the end and then it's perfect. And so there's a creative, creative side of you as well. It's like, okay, so if I get rid of this appliance, I'm going to have to be creative and that's not a bad thing. You know, it means that you have to explore new recipes or you have to think of different ways to do things and that's good for your brain too. Mm, I like that idea. I think you really need to take a good hard look at the space you're in, examine it, and if you don't have the luxury of a large kitchen – you might have to be ruthless with what you keep. Hmm. And the first things you need to let go of are the things that you can do in other ways with the existing stuff you've got. So maybe let the space dictate how many appliances you have rather than your expectations of what you need. And my point on the microwave before, I have a friend who doesn't have a microwave and the first time I went to heat something up at his house, I was like, where's your microwave? And I'm opening all the cupboards thinking, you know, maybe he's got it in a cupboard. <laughs> or it's, mm. it's like, I don't have a microwave. I'm like, how do I, how do I heat this up? I can't even remember what it was. And he's like, well, you can put it in a pot on the stove. You can put it in the oven can put it in the sun if you want to wait a while. And I was like, <laughs> what do you do with leftovers? And he said, well, I'll usually make them into something else and bake them or mm. I'll put them in a pot and microwave or I'll have them cold. I mean, not microwave and um, heat them up on the stove or I'll have them cold. But he said he's lived without a microwave for years and years and years. And I just couldn't fathom it. But I'm like, actually... Everything else, everything that I use a microwave for, I could do in a different way Mm. in my kitchen. It's just the convenience. So potentially if you wanted to use that big slab of space that whoever designed your kitchen chose to put a microwave there, if that could be used in a different way, you could tailor the way you do things, change, you know, reinvent, get creative with the way you cook so that you don't Mm. need the microwave and get that space back. So... I think, yeah, yeah. I, think. yeah. I mean, you can do that with every appliance. Every single appliance, we can look. You can look at critically and go, "How can I do this differently with something I already have?" And there will be an answer to it. You know, you can make a toasted sandwich in a fry pan on the stovetop. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you know, 
make a like a make a risotto on the stovetop or, or in the oven. You can grate carrot by hand. You know, there's so many different crum- things that you can crumble do. cheese in a blender. Or you can crumble cheese <laughs> in the blender instead of grating it. Exactly. So there's so many different ways, and we just get locked into this idea of the perfect way to do things. And this is the way I've always done it, so I have to keep doing it this way. So step back and look at your stuff and your habits and the way you cook as though you were looking through someone else's eyes and just ask yourself, you know, is there another way so that I can have a bit more air in my cupboards and a bit more space on my bench top? Mm. Another easy way to get let a few appliances go is get rid of anything that is broken or damaged or in need of a repair. And the only caveat with that is unless you are listening to this podcast while you're in the car driving to the repair <laughs> shop to have that appliance fixed. <laughs> if it's damaged and sitting in your house waiting to be repaired, how long has it sat there waiting for repair and you've lived without it all that time? Maybe you can live without it forever. Yeah. Um, and I always think, especially if they're not expensive appliances, if they're broken or damaged, like beyond what your Thermomix was, you know, <laughs> to the point where they're not working properly or there's exposed Mm. wires or something it's just not worth the risk Mm. Mm. yeah it's not safe another thing that I have done over the years if I'm trying to get back a bit of space in my kitchen is letting go of the extensions or the add-ons that come with appliances things like my stand mixer I use all or used to use when I had it with me all the time when baking and stuff like that. But it had like a mincer attachment for mincing meat. Mm-hmm. I never used it. So I got rid of it. I sold that bit. I kept the bit that I used um, and got rid of the rest. And same with, you know, lots of food processors come with spiralizers yeah, bits and pieces. or attachments. Mm. And, you know, so you can, if you use the main part, but you've got a box of attachments sitting at the back that aren't being used get rid of them you don't have to keep them just keep the bits that work for you and there are smaller options as well um, for people so maybe you do really use a blender but maybe all you blend um, frequently is soup for example so maybe instead of keeping a big blender you could go for like an immersion blender or one of those stick Mm. blenders because you could still do the same thing blending your soup but you're not it's taking up way less room in your cupboard so maybe you can have a look and see if there's a smaller option yep. for your appliance and sometimes if you're also like we talked about sort of if you don't if you only use one function of an appliance then replace it with the th- one a thing that just does that function instead of that does everything and so um mm. like the food processor I got rid of, I bought um, the greater thing, but it's half the size of the food processor. So it's sort of, I, I won a little bit of space back there. Another thing I did recently is I downsized my kettle because I'm the only one who uses it and I use it a cup at a time. And I thought, and it was this big, heavy, loud thing. And I said to Mick, I'm going to get a new kettle. And it's perfect. I love it. And my friend was over the other day and she said, oh, I need to get a little kettle like this. She said, it's so much lighter and easier to use. And yeah, so it takes up less space. And and now, you know, it it, it, it leaves a little bit of room for Zoe's popcorn maker that she's, she's got. <laughs> <laughs> she loves her popcorn maker. Um, she does make popcorn at least every week. So it's earned its, it's, earned its spot. Um. I went to a stovetop kettle when ah, I moved over here. Cool. Just 
because I had to buy one anyway and I thought I'll suss it out and I love it because it's just there's extra bench bench space and because my husband has a coffee machine the only person that uses the kettle is me and so I was like well it can sit on the Mm. stovetop and then it's just a bit extra bench space for all the other stuff I love it so I'm definitely going to take it home with me I think and get rid of my electric yeah that's a really good Um, idea because you don't use your cooktop for any food prep or anything so there's no harm in something living on there permanently yeah the other thing you can do is have a look back and ask yourself if you've used that appliance in the last 12 months because some items might be seasonal but if you've lived through that season and still not used it then maybe that's a sign that you can let it go so things like ice cream makers or things that you would maybe use more in Mm. summer but you've lived through a summer and you haven't used it out at all haven't pulled it out maybe your slow cooker hasn't been out for the last winter and autumn maybe that's a sign it could go yeah usually I'm not a fan of the whole if you haven't used it in a year kind of rule but in this case I think it's a perfect one to apply so I also found an article online called Appliances You've Been Brainwashed <laughs> Into Thinking You Need, which is quite thought-provoking, and I will put a link to that in the show notes if that's something you want to read. And one thing I thought would be fun to do is our own poll. So maybe you could come and join us in our Facebook community. I'm going to put a poll there for how many kitchen appliances, small ones, you own, and you need to come and be honest before you declutter them all. (laughs) Maybe you could do a before and after. Um, But come, let's do our own poll and see what the average number is for uh, our community, Mm. um, how many appliances we own. What do you think it would be? You're going to beat me. You've got a lot less than I have. So I'm a bit scared to do it. But I will do it and I will be honest. Maybe. (laughs) All right. Well, if that's something you would like to do or you would like to have a chat with us or get to know some of the other people in the community, share your wins and losses, please come and join us on Facebook or check us out on Instagram as well. And we will be back with you again next week. Thanks for joining us. We'd love it if you'd leave a review or tell all your friends about us so that they too can be uncluttered. If you'd like to connect with us, you can find us at beuncluttered.com.au or on social media or on our own websites at clearspace.net.au and basklifecoaching.com.